Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the NAIF Ball Podcast, brought to you, as always, by our friends at AdCraft, the best in the business, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. They're the best. They're good folks, easy to work with. They love NAI sports. I don't know that you can get a better triple threat than that. This week, you can see I'm on the solo setup here. No John, no Matt, the intern, but we're going over what is probably the best, arguably the best, division in NAI football. We referenced it a little last week. As we were going through the Mid-South and we were asking if the Mid-South was the best division, and, and this is the one it's going to come up against. That's right, it's the Mid-States, Mid-East. And top to bottom, you're not going to find another division in the country that has more playoff teams in it than the Mid-East. And it's got some good football. So, let's get to it. Madonna, just coming out of their first year. This will be their second year upcoming. They scraped the bottom of the barrel. They went 1-9, 0-7 in conference. Negative three net yards per play. Offensively, they have got a long way to go here. Bottom of the barrel in both offense and defense. Really, Madonna needs to improve mostly on the offense where they went for 3.09 yards per play, which honestly is not going to get it done in the mid-states or NAI football as a whole. Defensively, they had 6.31 yards given up, which is a little bit closer to the rest of the teams. It's not great, but it's a lot closer to what you need to be successful. We've seen teams here that have given up over seven yards per play, and that's not going to get it done. For Madonna, they do return their quarterbacks that they played. They return their running backs. They return basically everybody. There are no seniors on this roster that I saw. But, man, they've got a long way to go here in this cutthroat division. They're a second-year program, though. They are building from the ground up. You can't win very many NAI games with a bunch of 18-year-olds running around here. It's just not a good recipe for success if you're Madonna. But they'll they'll get into it. Just ask St. Thomas from the Sun, who wasn't that great a couple years ago and has really started putting in some good work in the Sun conference. Madonna will find its way, I have no doubt. Next up from the bottom at 7th across the board is Taylor. 
with uh, new coach Aaron Mingo last year coming over from Dort, taking that Taylor Trojan offense into the realm of the RPO. It took some getting used to. They were seventh, like I said, across the board. Four yards per play, which is a little better. Not great, but it is better. Defensively, they gave up 6.06 yards per play for a net yards per play of almost negative two. They do not return a whole lot of all-conference productions because they didn't have a lot of all-conference production. Sean Callahan, the long snapper, the only returning all-conference or all-division nod. They do lose their quarterback. That's going to be hard for Taylor. They do return their their running back, half of their wide receivers, and half of their defense. And that's going to hurt, especially with linebacker Josh Saltzgaber. 84 tackles, 7 tackles for loss, 2 picks, and 3 pass broken or pass breakups. If you're Aaron Mingo, this right here is a chance to put your uh, particular stamp on this program. You're losing a lot of the production that you had last year, and you really have a good chance to make things happen and start recruiting according to what you want to do. You're starting to get rid of some of those uh, players from the prior staff. Uh, you had a lot of seniors off this squad. Coach Mingo's got a lot of room to improve here, and it's going to be next man up for the Trojans. Now next up, at 6th across the board, 6th offensive, 6th defensive, and 6th net yards per play is going to be an odd, odd name at 6th. That's going to be St. Francis of Indiana. The Cougars with a Hall of Fame head coach eventually, at the, at the helm. Um, he's not Hall of Fame yet because he's not old enough. St. Francis fans, don't let anybody tell you your head coach is old. He is not Hall of Fame old yet. I looked it up. St. Francis did not have a good year. Three and six in St. Francis land is like going over anywhere else. They had 4.6 yards per play offensively, gave up 5.2. That leaves them with a negative 0.62 yards per play. You lose your big wide receiver, Matt Kamenkiewicz. You lose defensive back Damon Hunter. You do return A.J. Moore. You do return River Walsh. You do return Emmanuel Davis. Unfortunately, not all the St. Francis stats were available to us, so I can't tell you what those guys did. But here's the thing. St. Francis has to figure out how to fill their bucket. And Kevin Donnelly's not staying down for long. I can guarantee you he has been, been plotting this entire offseason on how to get his guys ready. And you're going to have to. Because if you don't, for St. Francis, uh, listen to the voice of experience of the Florida State fan where Bobby Bowden did not do well in the late 2000s. Kevin Donnelly will get it turned around. He's a Hall of Famer. If he doesn't, he leaves St. Francis in a much better place than which he found it. But 
you got to think Kevin Donnelly's going to get this turned around. He's Kevin Dad Gum Donnelly. So kind of what we've been doing in the bottom third of a lot of these divisions is kind of picking who our pick-to-click is going to be out of this bottom three. Who's the most likely to uh, outplay the rest in this third, in this section? And to me, that's really going to be St. Francis. I, I do think that that St. Francis is going to put it together. These guys are, are generally... Uh, look, they're... It wasn't that long ago that they won back-to-back national championships. They'll be back. And it starts this year, I think, for the Cougars. We're going to talk about a team that puts a lot of pride in what it does. That's going to be Lawrence Tech. The Blue Devils there finally starting to get a little bit of a hold in what they want to do. Went 7-4 and four overall, 3-4 and four in the Mideast. We're fifth in the Mideast in offensive yards per play at almost 5, 4.92. They were fourth in defensive yards per play with 4.63. You see, we're starting to get into the realm of positivity. And Lawrence Tech brings a, brings a lot back, whether it be quarterback Tyler Kulka, wide receiver Kendall Williams, tight end C.J. Thompson, linebacker Tommy Lappin, or athlete Marquise Thorns there. They bring back a large chunk of their team. It's going to be something that you'll really have to see what Coach Mitchell over there is, is going to be able to do and build. When Lawrence Tech first came into the NAIA, it was something that, that John and I both talked about privately was that we liked what Lawrence Tech was doing brand-wise. They knew what they were doing. They were getting themselves in the right spots. And they really were going to be a force sooner rather than later. And three or four years in, you're almost there. You really do have a chance here if if you're uh, if you're Lawrence Tech to maybe become that next team that's going to join the gauntlet of teams of the Mid East in the really tough games. Uh, right right now, Siena Heights is kind of on the on the edge of of that where. Uh, they've, they've got a lot of, of good players. They are always right there. They have a great defense. But, man, if you're Lawrence Tech, that's who you're wanting to bump out is Siena Heights. All right, making our way up the list here. At the halfway point, we see Concordia, the Cardinals of Michigan. Despite being 9-2 and overall and 6-1 and in conference. Concordia had a strangely down year defensively. They were really good offensively, and we've been waiting for their offense to come around. It's it's traditionally been a running back heavy kind of I-formation, old-school offense, but this year and the year before, they've been transitioning to a little bit more open style running the quarterback. See Gavin Brooks with 2,405 
yards through the air, 24 touchdowns, six picks, and 141 rush yards, which isn't a lot, but, you know, you got sacks included in there, silly enough, for stats. But their defensive yards per play at 4.88 was not great. That gives them a barely positive net yards per play at 0.45. And so it's a tale of two halves for Concordia. You do return Parker Graham, 560 yards and six touchdowns. Seager DeGainer, 700 yards, nine touchdowns. You return three all-conference offensive linemen, Nate Rohr, Will Dowling, and Gabe Dowling. You do return your all-conference linebacker and punter in all-Concordia tradition. Their linebacker, Casey Roush, is the best punter in the NAI with an uh, average of almost 45 yards with a long of 74. And you get all 11 guys that can actually make the tackle. You do bring back Gerald McHenry, a defensive back who had five picks and three forced fumbles for you. But you do lose some. Kirell Jackson, 659 yards and five touchdowns. Luke Wilson at tight end, 470 yards and four touchdowns. Hunter Maynard, 100 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, two picks. Aaron Ron, 103 tackles, 10 tackles for loss and a pick. Andrew Forster, 44 tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss, nine sacks and two forced fumbles. You lose a lot off that team. But a lot of it's at that running back position with Kirill Jackson, who got most of the, the rushing for you. You do return most of your wide receivers and your quarterback. And it's a good opportunity for you to develop your defense because you're going to need it. Concordia has traditionally been a really good defensive squad. I think last year was an aberration. I think you'll see them putting up the wins, which is honestly what matters here. And I think you'll see Concordia doing well again this year. So we go to the aforementioned Sienna Heights, who has a staunch defense at 4.27 defensive yards per play, good for second in the Mideast. But their offensive yards per play at 4.97 is only good for fourth, and that gives them a net yards per play of 0.7, good for third. Now they do return their quarterback, their running backs, Jared Jordan, uh, Caleb Jefferson, most of their wide receivers, you bring back Eric Williams with 429 yards and four touchdowns, and most of their defense, including Cole Merlin with 112 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and eight pass breakups, and Curry's Crawford, 22 tackles, two pass breakups. You do lose the combo of Drew Loria, Trenton Morrow, and Gabe Callery. That is good for 130 or so tackles. And a lot of pass breakups. So what you're going to have to do for Sienna Heights, if you can hold serve here, you you like I said before, you have got Lawrence Tech trying to take your spot in the pantheon of the mid-states. You're going to have to come out and you're going to have to establish your position again as a upset alert specialist in the Mideast. Uh, because if you can do that, 
or get better and start beating some teams again like Marion, Indiana, Wesleyan, St. Francis, Concordia. If you if if you can take games off those four, you're gonna be in you're gonna be in a good way. You're gonna be fine if you're Siena Heights. Siena Heights likes to scare people, uh, but they just need to need to finish in some of these games. So next up, don't let the record scare you is Indiana Wesleyan. Indiana Wesleyan had some personnel issues down the stretch that caused them to have to drop some games, but their offense was fantastic. 6.13 yards per play offensively. Defensively, they were good too. Third in the division, 4.4 yards per play given up. That gives them a net yards per play of 1.73. They return Xander Stokes. A good quarterback, 9.3 yards per attempt, chunking it down the field to Jacquez Carter, who had 653 uh, receiving yards. But really, you are going to miss, offensively, the production of Devodney Alford. An all-purpose back, if I ever saw one in the NAI, 740 uh, rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. 162 receiving yards and 20.3 yards per carry. Just an absolute weapon whenever you needed it. Braden Smith at wide receiver, 677 yards and nine touchdowns. It is going to be difficult to replace those two, along with Caleb Rufner and D.C. Mickey on the offensive line. But you've got you've to show that this was not a fluke if you're Indiana Wesleyan. I don't think it's a fluke. The folks over there don't think it's a fluke. The folks who have donated to their spectacular facilities don't think it's a fluke. They're just going to have to come out this year and prove it. Defensively, you do return most of a good defense, whether it be Isaac Abeo with, with 17 tackles, Six and a half sacks and two forced fumbles. Gardy Paul with 13 tackles. Uh, or just Justin Johnson with 52 tackles. A punt return touchdown. Two, two interceptions and three forced fumbles. Neil Campbell with four picks and a forced fumble. Or Donovan Shelton with two picks. These guys were turnover machines there in Indiana. You do lose Ismail Avila who had 54 tackles, and Ben Van Gutten, your, what, six-time all-conference selection? Indiana Wesleyan, if they can hold serve, this was a good, last year was a good year for them developmentally. They were able to get a lot of guys in, in as seniors. And if they can hold serve here and start to develop being consistent here over time, They've got the backing they need to do it and stay in the gauntlet. Before we get on to the last team, I do want to thank Concordia of Michigan for some of the, the stuff here, whether it be the sticker or the shirt. And I do want to thank Marion for the fantastic picture behind me, highlighting their two national championship years. And so we go at last to Marion, first in the Mid-States, Mideast, in offensive yards per play, 
first in the Mid-States Mideast at, with defensive yards per play, leaving them first in net yards per play at just over two yards per play. And boy, Heidi, do they return an awful lot of production, whether it be Zach Bundelow, a quarterback, who had a good season last year, 26 touchdowns, 9 picks, 9.4 yards per attempt is really nice and high. Whether it be Baron Hubler at running back with 868 yards and 12 touchdowns, or Ben Stevens, who is a really big guy to get back here, 1,000 yards on the dot for Ben Stevens, 9 touchdowns. You do lose Johnny William, who is an all-timer for Marion. That is not someone who you just replace. So it is very good that they have Ben Stevens coming back. They also bring back Darren Dillon and Zach Sibla on the offensive line. And uh, I'm, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say it. They're returning Isaac Meyer as well. No, Roger, you'll get a you'll get a kick out of that. Uh, Roger's one of our uh, patrons and one of the best. Keeps me and John on our games um, almost better than any other. So thank you guys so much for, for your love there from Indiana. So you return your quarterback. You return your wide receivers. You return or about half of your wide receivers. You return your running backs. You also return most of your defense, whether it be Tyler Majors on and Tyler Booker on your offense or defensive line with 27 and a half tackles for loss in between them. You know, but here's the big thing defensively. You lose Sir Zion Dance and you lose Chris Oakley. And those are some really big losses for you. Sir Zion Dance was 95 tackles, 21 tackles for loss. Chris Oakley is 44 tackles, 9.5 tackles for loss, and 6 sacks. Those are guys that you, man, you hate to lose them. So how are you going to stay atop the Mid-States, Mid-East? That's the question. So we know who our teams are. You've got your Marions, you've got your Indiana Wesleyans, you've got your Concordias, you've got your St. Francis's. We know those four teams are year-to-year going to perform well. And that's going to be your hard test for all of these teams in this division are going to be how well you play each other. How well do you get through the gauntlet? My question is, do Siena Heights and Lawrence Tech take that next step? How big of a step does Madonna take in year two? How well does that offense of Aaron Mingo that works so doggone well at Dort, how does it translate to Taylor? Could you develop a division that is top to bottom the most difficult division. To me, right now, top to bottom, I'd have to go with the frontier as the toughest top to bottom. But the Mid-States Mid-East could get there easily. 
if you've got a team like Madonna that develops nicely, you've got a team like Taylor who develops nicely and they get good pieces, a team like Lawrence Tech that is putting into their graphics, team like Sienna Heights that brings back a good defense year in, year out. You could easily find yourself in a division that eats itself alive in a really good way. The SEC, if you would uh, let me borrow that phrase, of the NAI, I could see it happening over the next few years. And so it's really hard to pick winners and dark horses because, man, we know these teams. I'll start with Dark Horse this time. I'm going to go with Lawrence Tech. I think they bring back a lot, of, uh, a lot of good pieces. And I think they're going to continue to outperform expectations. For my winner, I'm, I'm going to go with Marion. They, they have the culture. It, it, it writes itself. You've got a ton coming back. This is a good time to really get it going if you're Marion. Make one more run here with some of these players. And I think you could easily do it. If you can get through, if you can get through this, if you can get through the gauntlet, that's the question. And one that we'll see in about a month from now. Heck yeah, boys. We have football in about a month. So strap yourselves in as we finish off the divisions here. Next week we'll be back with the other side of the Mid-States. And then we will find our way over to the North Star, the Sooner, and the rest of them as we wind our way towards late August. We get some football. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.